0: Talking shit on my own. And uh, the good news is, I feel like uh, that is what you want. So that's good. Um, The only reason I know that is because uh, I have been receiving some messages from people. And uh, fucking thank God for you guys. Thank you so much for fucking listening to this podcast. And hanging in there with me while I've been so inconsistent and confusing um I really appreciate it like every message I get just uh, reinforces to me that what I'm doing is not just a pointless waste of time and I and I don't say that to be uh self-deprecating and that's what this whole podcast is about actually um I'm saying it honestly because what tends to happen is especially with this medium in particular now that I've noticed the contrast with that in comedy, is that uh, with comedy, when I do something stupid or say something that's not funny, I know about it straight away because people in the audience just fucking stare at me. But with this podcast, I'll spend, like, uh, sometimes between 20 and 30 hours trying to research and write and record and edit and do all of the production in this podcast, and then I put it out in the world, and then I don't have any idea how it's gone. And I know I've talked about this a bunch before, but um, the only way I know if it makes any sense to anybody is if people tell me. And it's crazy. Like when you have a long, in-depth, kind of full-on conversation with somebody about these ideas that I'm always talking about, you see their facial reactions. and the, the, You see them look confused and then you have to clarify your point or you see them have like a little aha moment and they get a bit of inspiration. Like this is how you know that you're on a line of thinking that makes sense or you're totally full of shit. And the problem with doing this podcast the way I do it, uh, is that I'm just sitting here on my own, just saying whatever. And I have no fucking idea how it's landing or what's happening. So, um, first I just wanted to say thank you so much to everybody who even bothers to listen to this podcast to second. Thank you so much to everyone who has sent me messages and, uh, asking about the podcast since I've been gone and, uh, Telling me thank you for putting it back out again, so uh, it, it this is it's a nice exchange. Like the the point of what I'm doing, it's not just pure self indulgence. I mean, obviously, I really like doing it and I like hearing myself talk. <laughs> but um, I it, it, this is a conversation. Like this thing is about us as a group of people. Uh, I don't know, getting something out of this together. So thank you so much for that. So today what I wanted to talk about was, uh, is a little bit kind of maybe I guess where this podcast is going moving forward. I don't really, I don't want to make any promises because I never really know what I'm up to from day to day and I'm realizing right now that I'm putting a lot of energy into a lot of various areas that may or may not be providing value to myself or anybody else. And by simplifying my life a little bit, I've kind of realized that if I can apply focus to a few different areas in a structured kind of way, I will do a lot better and be able to provide better creative content for myself and for the people who have to look at it or hear it or whatever. So I'm trying to figure out how to make this podcast sustainable because spending 20 to 30 hours a week researching a topic and then um, putting it out. And the way I've been doing it, too, I think has gotten a bit rigid because probably I was a bit out of practice and I was doing the podcast just fucking once every two months. Um I was so stressed about making it perfect and writing this whole thing out. And then I listened back to one of them recently and I just felt like it was a bit too contrived. Like I think I was trying too hard. And every time I've done that with comedy, I notice that it doesn't fucking work. Um, And so what I'm trying to do now is I guess take what I'm learning in the real world and feedback loops of me talking into a microphone in front of people and applying that to the value that this podcast can provide, I guess, going forward. And most of the feedback I have, which I don't want to hear, I do want to hear, it's a good thing to hear, but for some reason my ego won't let me hear it, is that everybody likes the solo podcasts and they like the ones where I just talk a bunch of shit. So, all right. Careful what you wish for. Here it comes. (laughs) Um, The reason, so this is the whole point of today's podcast, is that there is a really interesting filter that goes on in our fucking brains that doesn't allow us to hear information that we don't trust. Um, It's, again, on that same concept I was talking about a couple weeks ago, the narrative bias, this is basically what it is, is that if my brain tells me that I'm a piece of shit and what I do isn't of value to anybody else or isn't really very good, then anytime anybody else tells me that what I'm doing is good, I deflect that information, justify it, push it away somehow and this isn't like a humility thing it's not like oh i'm so humble i don't think what i'm doing is good what it actually is is super selfish and delusional because you're not dealing with the facts of reality that are coming at your face it doesn't mean that you have to think that you're good because of the content that you provide is good or what you're doing in the world is good It's a matter of accepting the reality of what's happening. When people tell me, I like the podcast, when you just talk a bunch of shit, you on your own, it's really fun to listen to. You're super authentic, you're real, and it's very good. I hear all that and I go, all right, I'm going to spend 30 hours researching and writing up a podcast so I make it perfect. And then that podcast is maybe much more in-depth and more well-thought-out than me just rambling shit in the room. But it's not authentic because I've worked my ass off trying to make it perfect. I'm hiding behind my own insecurity by making this thing full of like heavy-duty constructs and ideas that I've tried to weave together and all information from somebody else because I don't trust what's coming out of my own fucking mouth. And that's stupid. I'm not saying that I shouldn't do what I want to do Um, because other people are telling me what they like. That is another aspect of this that uh, is fed by that exact same insecurity. So this is the whole point of what I'm going to be talking about in the podcast today is having a loss of connection to yourself or being insecure, as it were, results in weakness, danger, and a total lack of productivity. Now, I think... I've got a little joke about this that um, I'm not going to subject you to at this moment, but I think that we are making mental health issues way too fucking trendy right now. I think it's fucking ridiculous that every person has like a badge of honor because they have anxiety issues or they've got... Depression, or they've got a fucking eating disorder, or whatever. Like, it's gotten so stupid that this is now like a thing. Like, you know, like army generals, how they have all those like stars on their collar when they d- murder people. I don't know what, I don't know why they get them, like some kind of <laughs> whatever badge of honor that happens on their sleeves from doing brave, courageous acts in defense of their country. We as humans are now like using social media and whatever our interactions with each other is to fucking put those little stars on us of like uniqueness and specialness and difference because I've got anxiety and I also have a had a broken leg or I don't know like it started out great the great idea about talking about mental health is like it starts out with compassion and empathy like fuck I've experienced that same thing you have oh my god you get anxious so do I that's fucking crazy that's good I'm not an idiot I'm not alone <clears throat> and I'm not a psycho. But the problem with this is that now that's no longer become, oh, this is a means of us connecting to each other. This is now a means of being part of a special group of special people who have special problems. And that's fucked because what's happened with, in particular, with insecurity. And us saying, "Oh, I'm just anxious. Oh, I'm insecure. I'm insecure. I don't want to go do that. I can't do that. I don't want to go to parties. I don't like talking to people. I don't want all of that shit. Is bullshit that your brain is telling you to stop you from growing as a human. And this has got to go. It has to stop. And uh, I can only speak from my personal experience. So if it sounds like I'm talking a lot about myself today, uh, I am. <laughs> Sorry, but um." it's, uh, the most kind of, I guess, authentic way to explain this idea without just using intellectual concepts. I'm going to use my real life experiences to kind of describe why I feel like this idea is no good. But then also at the end of that, uh, at the end of this whole process, I'm also going to be talking about, uh, ways of reconnecting to myself that have worked for me and, uh, consistently that everybody else has talked to me about, especially in giving me advice on how to get my shit back together. So I'll give you some tangible real way, real life ways of doing that too. So if you are experiencing what I'm talking about and you're feeling frustrated at yourself for it, please, first of all, don't stop being frustrated at yourself because uh, that's just contributing to the problem. So today's theme, I'm talking about insecurity and specifically not trusting your own self. So let's get into it. Why not? Um, The theory, uh, the thesis of this podcast is that being insecure or having no faith inside yourself results in weakness and danger. And danger not just for you, but for other people around you. So if you think it's cute and sweet and coy to be insecure and unconfident, shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. I know you're a precious snowflake like we all are, but this is not good enough anymore. And I'm talking to myself, too. And I say shut the fuck up with like the most love a human being possibly can utter with that sentence. And I'm saying it in the same way that my trainers, uh, all the people that I respect in the world, in uh, the world of comedy and art, have all said this to me. Yeah, great. You're a precious snowflake. I don't give a fuck. You've got a job to do and you need to get it done. That's more important than you hiding behind your own ego, Lorna. So that's the first step. If that offended you or made you feel yucky inside, good. This is the podcast for you. So the reason why I'm I'm going to kind of like Outline the reasons why I think insecurity is super dangerous first. so And and actually, this is a tactic that I learned by attending a youth group when I was young. The tactic was, scare the fuck out of every kid in attendance so that they accept Jesus into their heart. And then, once they're sufficiently scared and have definitely accepted that Jesus is their only way out, uh, and Jesus is their savior, then brainwash them into going out to the world and recruiting more recruits. Tell as many other people that Jesus is the only way for them to save their lives because if they don't get other people to join the church, then these kids are also going to go to hell. So not only did he scare the fuck out of them about going to hell just in general for being a shit cunt, then you also, if you don't get all the other people on board with Jesus Christ, you are also going to go to hell. So um, that is the same model that I'm going to employ this time and talking about insecurity. It's scary as fuck. This, so I've talked about before, like, oh, it's cute to have anxiety. It's not. When danger appears, think about this from a a survival perspective. If you tell yourself that you have anxiety and you can't handle stuff, I can't cope, I can't cope, I can't cope. If this is a word that is consistently going on inside your head, When shit actually goes down, your brain goes to your automatic thought processes. When you're driving a car, your brain subconsciously is driving the car. That allows you to free up space to be thinking about whatever the fuck you're thinking about, listening to music, eating chips, whatever. So the same thing is happening when you get into a flight or fight mode or freeze mode. When you go into fear mode... Your brain draws from whatever's going on in your subconscious, all the experiences you've told yourself and what you believe about who you are consciously or subconsciously. So the more you tell yourself you're weak, you're scared, you're pathetic, you're a piece of shit, that's what your body's going to do. Now the problem with that is if you stand there and freeze, you're going to get hit or you're going to get hurt or whatever. If you run away screaming and lose your head, maybe you run into traffic and fuck yourself up. right? Maybe you leave a baby behind that you should be protecting. You get what I mean? There, you are no longer in control of your own experience of yourself. Now the trouble with this is that we can't see danger coming. We don't know what the fuck's going on. We have no idea what's coming from one minute to the next. So you can't guess how you're going to react. But if you're putting toxic bullshit thoughts inside your body that run your machine, when shit goes down, That's what your body's going to go to. So the only way you can hopefully protect yourself from more dangerous or dangerous situations getting more out of control or more dangerous or not good for you is to constantly be cultivating a healthy set of uh, boundaries and frame of mind inside yourself so that you know you can stand on your own two feet when shit gets bad. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I guess, I mean, that's everything in life is there's uh, two sides to everything is that people that have grown up in shit situations, dangerous, violent, scary, shitty environments, can handle dangerous, shitty, and violent experiences much better than somebody who hasn't. It's a sad thing. It sucks that a kid would be exposed to something like that as they grow up. But the good news is is that if that kid has got good support around them, and mental support especially, they can turn that into resilience. And that kid will be a very strong, guiding, powerful force for other people that may be weaker in their life. And so you end up, you know, you can end up in situations where somebody's had a really fucked up past, really hardcore, dangerous, violent past, and they are a beacon of hope and safety and security for people going forward. The good news is you don't have to put yourself in shit situations to find out that you're not a piece of shit. The only thing you can do is control what's going on inside your head. Prepare yourself mentally to back yourself, no matter what's going on. And I don't mean like walking around vigilant, worrying <laughs> if someone's going to jump out of the bushes and attack you. But the thing is, developing this state of confidence inside yourself will uh, allow you to have a bit a bit better control in a situation when it's not good. Um, the other thing that happens when you don't trust yourself when danger appears is that you require the assistance of somebody else who's more capable and now doing that calling in a favor from somebody else you are now required to stand by that person and respect them and care for them for what they've done for you this is also a marker of strength and any of your own bullshit any of your own all poor me doesn't fucking matter anymore because somebody else now has to look after you. So unless you're prepared to completely give up everything that matters to you to protect the person who's protecting you, you can't drag somebody else into your own shit. So the we- the web of bullshit gets bigger the weaker you are. So I know this sounds a bit fucking doom and gloom, right? And it is. It's a bit fucking scary. The difference between trauma and pain too, by the way, is that trauma goes past the threshold of pain and turns into a scar. It becomes something that needs external help to be resolved. And pain is just pain. Pain is something that's temporary that we experience, that we need to feel in order to learn and grow. Um, So those are two separate things. And I'm not talking about putting yourself into experience Extremely traumatic and violent situations just to think like get a thicker skin. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Um so what I'm getting at is that uh in a situation where danger appears, you have the potential to one, not defend yourself, curl up in a ball, and fucking get annihilated, right? Two, you're not gonna defend somebody else who may be less, uh maybe dependent on you, a dog of fucking Kid, whatever. Somebody else may need more help than you, and you've got to have the confidence to be able to protect them. Last one, if you don't have confidence in yourself, you have the potential of dragging somebody else into your own shit. Now, it's not all bad. It's not black and white. You don't have to be all of those things all the time. Like I wouldn't recommend like going straight now tomorrow into a boxing gym and just trying to beat the fuck out of everybody so you can prove you're a tough person or whatever. The point what I'm getting at is cultivating a healthy sense of self and self-confidence will allow you to be more aware when these situations happen. And understanding that every time you allow these negative bullshit thoughts to come inside your head, they do have knock-on effects, significant knock-on effects for the future of your own life. That's what I'm getting at. Um, Second thing that happens with uh, being insecure is that you have the... um, We have this amazing power inside ourselves uh, for free will. And certain psychologists and philosophers uh, debate, I guess, on whether or not we have free will. I'm on the side where I don't believe that we have necessarily exactly free will because our subconscious mind is driving our behavior much more than we are aware of it. That consciously we think we're making a decision because of one thing, but really the decision was being made for us about fifteen steps backwards, and uh, we didn't even know what triggered the experience. It just happens. This is what they call priming in psychology. There's a whole bunch of shit about this that like somebody could have said something to you. You could have seen a post on Instagram before you went to sleep, and that impacts the next morning the way you deal with somebody getting a coffee. So like. All of these things are deeply ingrained inside our subconscious, and that really is what drives our behavior. So again, uh, critically important that we are conscious of what we're putting into our subconscious by means of our conscious behavior. Um, But so we have this power, uh, and I called it free will before. I don't know if that's exactly the thing, but we have this ability to have awareness of what's going on around us people talk about being in the present moment being in the zone and yeah that's the shit like this feeling of uh, conscious unfiltered awareness as best as you can in every waking minute when you apply that to sports performance or you apply it to conversations with people you care about or uh to me i know for performing for com- comedy or uh doing this podcast if i'm not really focused on the task at hand and really paying attention to what's going on, I am only bringing a quarter of my own potential or a third, if even. Um, And you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you have a conversation with someone and they're looking down at their phone all the time or they're looking around the room and they don't really give a fuck about what you're saying, it's really frustrating. So imagine... What that's like uh, for your own subconscious all the time which trying to tell you something and you're just constantly deflecting that information and the attention somewhere else. You're not paying attention to how you experience reality, so you're not able to learn from the reality that's going on. While you're doing that, being sort of unconsciously driven by your subconscious, you have the ability to be manipulated by others. Because you're not present, you're not aware, and you don't trust yourself, other people can start giving you Ideas, And now this is something I do fucking all the time. And it's really frustrating because to me it's like uh, I'll decide that somebody is worth listening to and then I'll decide that a whole bunch of other people are not worth listening to. And so when I've picked the person I'm listening to that I respect for some reason, I'll just – whatever they say, if it's not exactly in line with what I think, I'll just go, oh, they must know better than me. I must be wrong. I must be wrong I must be wrong. And this is a vo- this voice is in my head fucking constantly. I listen to people that I respect on podcasts or watch them doing comedy or people that I've met in my life, people in the gym, and then all of a sudden I go, "Oh, I am a fuck up. I'm an idiot. I must be wrong cuz I thought that was different. I didn't know that." And it's like this weird competitiveness inside me where I go like, "Oh, they know better than me. I'm a piece of shit. I, I'll never be cool like them. I'll never be good like them. I'll never be smart, whatever the fuck it is. So the trouble with that is that they may or may not be right. Just because I've decided that they're someone worthy of respect for some dumb reason, it could be a good reason, it doesn't matter, then suddenly that whatever they say is true and whatever I believe is no longer true. That's very fucking dangerous. Because if that person is a charismatic cult leader... I'm going to be, you know, sucking dicks to God or whatever in a couple months. And that's no good. There is literally a guy who has manipulated a whole group of women, and this is an age-old story. It's happened a million times, into believing that the only path to Jesus is through sucking his cum out of his dick. That's so gross, right? But this is people who are insecure and have easily given their reality over to somebody who they think knows better. And it's very, very dangerous. The other danger that happens here is that uh, you don't trust yourself. You can roll over under pressure. You can have somebody stand over you, right? Um, has anyone... Why am I asking, has anyone? You guys can't answer me. <laughs> oh my God. Um, if anyone out there has seen Making a Murderer on Netflix... This is a extreme example of exactly what I'm talking about. The poor kid is like this little white trash kid that doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He has got like three brain cells knocking together, and that's not his fault. It's just a product of his environment and his own genetics and whatever, the food he's eating probably. That kid has three brain cells, and he can't figure out how reality works, right? This is a prime suspect. Prime suspect? No. A prime... Uh, victim of manipulation by people who have got their brains in order. So the cops have preyed on this kid. They needed to have a conviction for this murderer. So they prey on a kid and convince him to confess to a murder he didn't fucking do, right? This is manipulation of reality, and this is for this poor kid who doesn't have uh, three brain cells to fucking knock together that gets his reality fucked with. Now his whole life has changed. His whole life has completely changed trajectory because he didn't know what the fuck was going on. And those people that are manipulating him are evil cunts. There's no question about that. They're assholes. They've got an agenda. They're trying to manipulate this kid, and they've succeeded in basically making an innocent kid uh, who... uh, Whatever. I I was about to say who had a future in life, and I, (laughs) I don't... Look, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I don't know if he did have a future in life. He definitely could have done some really fun stuff in his future rather than being in jail, uh, a convicted murderer, right? Because he confessed to a murder he didn't do. And that was all because there was mind games going on. Now, people who are manipulative are usually very smart, very cunning, very charismatic, and very good with words. They're hard to see coming. I know that I, all the time, get manipulated by people. All the time. I am always too, way too willing to trust other people. And I thought that that was a good thing. I thought, oh, I'm just so open-minded. And what I realized it is, again, is that I don't fucking trust myself. So I just assume that everyone else knows better than me. Not everyone. I have a hierarchy of people I'll listen to, which, again, is another fuck thing. But um, I'll decide that that person knows better than me. And so that's it. Or I, I just give them power over me. And if, it, it, this is really dangerous. I don't know if you remember in high school but where, like, certain groups of people would suddenly decide that they hated one person. And then you have to, like, jump on board with that. And if you don't, then you're also a piece of shit like the other person. So you, like, learn at a young age that, oh, it's better to just hang with the group. Even if you don't believe in what they're doing, it's just better to do that. And then you realize, usually, hopefully, if you're a pretty strong person or whatever, you're like, wait, this is fucked. I don't like what's going on. And you stand up for the kid. And then they all go, oh, yeah, yeah, nah. And sometimes you get ousted from the group. Maybe you are with a smelly kid for a few weeks and then it fucking blows over and who gives a shit? Because this is the thing about politics, about fucking fame and celebrity, social dynamics, is we are so fucking short-sighted. Whoever's the coolest, hottest new thing right now is going to be a piece of shit in six months. So giving up your own autonomy and not believing in yourself and not standing up for what you believe in in that moment will just lead you into being swayed back and forth by the fucking waves of whatever's cool and popular and interesting and right at that time. It's not what's right for you. And uh, establishing a sense of autonomy and self stops you from being caught up in that wave. Um, So then lastly, uh, the other thing that tends to happen to... And sorry, I know that this is (laughs) it seems real dark. I'm going to give you ways of... uh, hopefully, ways of helping to establish a sense of autonomy and power uh, after I explain all of the horrific reasons why you need it. Um, and the last one, and this one, is super important for me. I have decided that being creative is the most important thing in my life. Um, not that I would do creativity above Anything else and I'm not willing to love other people or let other people into my life. It's that I have decided um, a long time ago and it seems or it's been decided for me, I suppose, by the powers above whatever the universe that I have in my individual constitution, a innate desire to create things. And when I don't use that desire to create things uh, effectively, I become very miserable And I talked about this a little bit in the podcast with Danny, and um, I do want to put a disclaimer here that I understand that people have got fucked life situations that makes it hard for them. And I'm not saying that like, oh, I just want to kill myself because I can't make paintings. I don't mean to make it so wishy-washy like that. I just mean that uh, due to the life that I have been given um, and the circumstances I've been raised in and the environment that I live in, I have an ability to be creative and the only thing that's stopping me from being creative is my own bullshit inside my head, which makes me completely fucking miserable. I trap myself inside myself, and with all of the privilege and all of the possibility and all of the joy in the world, I can't see any of it beyond my own uh, suffering. It's a prison I've created for my own self. And I've gone through bouts of this. Um, The worst ones were probably around when I was 25-ish, um, it happened to me when I was younger, and I had a luckily at school a pretty good outlet for my creativity, though um, I didn't handle rejection very well. So whenever I would like try out for plays and didn't get a part or whatever, I would uh, deflect it, blame other people, get mad. I would say that like the teacher hated me, and that's why I didn't get the part or whatever. So I never really learned to deal with rejection properly when I was young and turned it all around on myself. So then I started, because I wasn't dealing with the pain of just, oh, fuck, that sucks. I didn't get the part. What what can I do to get better next time? And then like, you know, try harder the next time or whatever. Instead of doing that, I would just deflect all the pain off and then slowly burn myself alive with my own uh, belief about my inability to do things. And that became a subconscious process. So then uh, this now is a driving behavior inside me that, A, uh, allows me to be manipulated by other people. B, doesn't allow me to stand my own ground and defend myself in a situation where I should. And C, stops me from creating uh, content that I know makes myself happy and also seems to have value to the world around me. So these are really critical aspects of my life that um, I've kind of had to come to terms with in the last few months. So where I first noticed this happening when I was young, was deflecting the pain. And then when I got to be about 25 or so, I all of that self-loathing and fear and insecurity and rejection started burning a hole in my chest. And I didn't understand where any of it came from. I just felt miserable. There was something, I felt no connection to my life. I felt no power to do anything in my life. I felt like I was trapped in a situation, uh, in a relationship. I was in love with him, but I just wasn't um, fulfilled in the relationship. I knew that um, we were going in totally different directions, but I didn't have enough confidence to step onto my own path. Instead, I just... Uh, because again, lacking confidence, I just stayed there, miserable, and sort of allowed him to just drag me. And um, he didn't do it on purpose. There was nothing wrong with what he was doing. He was living his life his way. And I was just following along and being drug along and along and along, until uh, I became so miserable and gray and defeated that the only thing I could do was numb the pain and and the fucked up thing about that is uh numbed the pain with drinking and isolating myself from other people. And uh the thing about that too was that I it wasn't like it was fun to drink. I, I, I certainly wasn't drinking and being like, Yeah, cool, now I feel better. It was definitely not that. It was like I almost wanted to feel how gross and awful it was to just lay on a couch and drink a bottle of wine by myself at ten in the morning. And I don't know what that is. it. It was like my subconscious knew that I needed to suffer, and so I, my conscious self would be like, "Yeah, you fucking deserve this. So take it or something." I don't know, and and I I, I can only kind of talk about this going back in time because I don't at the time. I don't know what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking anything. It was like I was just kind of on survival mode, I guess. It was like I've got the whole day to do nothing, and I feel so empty and gray inside that if I drink all day long, at least I'll be in a different state of mind. I don't know. And there and still in those times like I was still I would be reading books a lot because I knew that that made me happy. And there'd be like moments in there where I'd be reading a book and like the way the author had written a sentence or a little concept made my whole heart explode with joy. <laughs> it's so simple. Um fuck man that just gave me goosebumps. Like just honestly that it that is a it sounds like such a fucking stupid wanky thing to say, but it's so true. Like that's what art does for people. Like when, when you see a painting or, you know, that's why it's so important for people who have this like creative thing to get it out to other people, because it, it makes a huge difference to people that need it. And I I remember like because I was reading Notes from the Underground, and it's about this uh, guy who has completely isolated himself from the world. He lives in this like creepy, horrible little basement, and he just hates the world and turns all his hate word, hate inward at <laughs> himself. And it's just the most beautifully written book. And I just remember, in all of the like turmoil and chaos of my own psyche, that resonated so loudly with me, that it may, it gave me a joy and a sense of being, as a reason to exist. And so it was like those little things were almost like little beacons of light in an otherwise completely gray world. So I started, I don't know, and I think, I, I don't know what it is inside us. I, I think people call it intuition, but I, something inside me, was still there despite the gray, empty nothingness and hopelessness of basically just surviving. Um, This little other part of me inside me was like, hey, Lorna, you know how good that sentence felt? You know how nice that painting made you feel? Why not try to follow those little breadcrumbs towards something that gives you meaning? And so the more I'd focus on on reading a little bit more every time I got that feeling of like being deeply connected to my own experience in my life or meaning I um started realizing that they were kind of connected to each other it was creative things it was reading really good classic literature it was creating artwork it was going to look at artwork it was having conversations with people that understood um these concepts on a deeper soulful kind of level musicians, um, any of my friends that were creative in any way kind of understood what I was getting at. And so I realized that all of these little beacons of light, these little breadcrumbs were all related to uh, creativity and that my individual constitution is driven towards creativity, but I have smothered it uh, in rejection and pain and fear and stopped stopped myself from producing it. So fuck, all of those deepest, that, that was probably the one of the dark, most darkest times, most darkest, goodness. That was probably one of the darkest times of my life uh, where I completely kind of fell into this hole. I was really lucky because I had uh, money. I was working in the mines at the time, which was contributing for certain to my melancholy and my despair. But, uh, oh, fuck that. Fuck working in that job. Like, you can have all the money in the world and be fucking miserable. I know that's, oh. Uh. Anyway, anyone that tells you, oh, I just need to get some money and then I'll be happy, go fuck yourself because you won't be. I promise you won't be. Well, maybe you will be. I don't know. Maybe money's your thing. Creativity's my thing, and it's definitely no money. So I had money at the time, which gave me the space to, when I made this realization, like, oh, fuck, I cannot live this way. I must follow these little breadcrumbs of joy somewhere. And they're deeper than joy. This isn't like, oh, that feels good. The way, like, getting a fucking like on Instagram feels good, or, you know, smoking a bit of crack feels good, because it fucking does, you guys, but... It's not good in the overall sense. Like, this thing is nutritious in the way that, like, a really healthy good meal feel. Meal? <laughs> a good meal feels. This is, this is what um, this, like, deep connected intuition type of feeling feels like. Um, you know what I'm talking about. You listen to a great song and you go, fuck, that makes me want to be alive. That's what I'm talking about. So following those little breadcrumbs led me to go to Melbourne for um, a week on my own. And uh, I went and just spent a lot of time writing, uh, looking at artwork, seeing shit and made this entire resolution to myself, being completely on my own, made an entire resolution to myself that no matter what the fuck happened to me in my life going forward, I would never abandon myself. For my, and I would focus on my own creativity. I would do everything I could to spend as much time as I could cultivating um, a group of people around me that felt the same way about creativity or pushing their own limits, people that were positive and supportive, but also um, challenging me and not letting me buy into my own bullshit. Like, so this whole thing became like, fuck you, Lorna, you're going into boot camp for creativity. And it worked for a little while. I abandoned, I left the relationship. I did, uh, Completely changed my entire life circumstance. And the best way I can describe it is that I thought in that moment, like, oh, this shit, the relationship, the job, all this stuff is holding me back. That's what's happening. So it's like a, I had like a rope tied to an anchor around my waist. And I was like, fuck this anchor, I gotta go. So I cut the rope and was running as fast as I could in the opposite direction. But what I didn't realize is where I was running was off a fucking cliff, right? Into pure free fall. <laughs> Because I hadn't done the foundational groundwork, I just knew something had to change. And in that state of mind, when you're feeling totally fucked and reckless, uh, erratic behavior is very uh, natural (laughs) and common. I don't have a sense of self. I've got no sense of who I am as a person. I've been in relationships my whole life. I've been abandoning myself because I've been scared of who I am. And uh, so I cut the fucking tether and ran off a cliff. And then I was in free fall for like three years. I believe whatever the fuck anyone was telling me, <laughs> like crazy weird cult theories, all nonsense shit. Like luckily for me, I'm, I'm never a person that can like really commit too hard to any one thing. So even if like a charismatic cult leader had like almost convinced me that Jesus was inside his semen, I would still like get close to the point and then be like, ah no, I feel like something's not right here. (laughs) Luckily, that is, there is something in me that does that. But um, yeah, I was like giving anything a go, like whatever is happening is um, still drinking way too much because I hadn't actually dealt with the reason I was drinking. I uh, just deflected again to the easier option, which was like uh, everything that seems boring has to go and I'm diving into chaos. And I'm grateful that I did all that too. Like I've had tons of wacky life experiences that have helped me grow as a person, and it was worth doing. Um, but it uh, and it hel- has obviously led me to the person that I am now, and I'm a drastically different person. That stuff has all happened probably, I don't know, what, seven years ago, eight years ago, something like that. And uh, it has led me to this uh, very strong understanding that creativity, being uh, creative, living a creative life, working in a creative environment, and spending time around people who also think creatively are crucial to my own uh, happiness, well being, and meaning in my life. So, that notwithstanding, these fucking habits are very deep. And uh, there's a reason why we deflect our responsibility for our own lives. We all do it on a constant daily basis. It's hard to accept that it's your fault that your life isn't going the way you want it to be going. And I know that's not a popular sentiment to say right now because we are living in a culture of victim fucking mentality and virtue signaling. Like, I'm just because of my anxiety, because of my my trauma. Look, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but what I'm saying is none of that shit is helping you. You are creating your own life. I'm sorry, I'm not talking to you, me. I should say Me. I create my own reality based on my own experience and the meaning that I apply to the things that are coming into my experience. So becoming a victim of any of this shit that's gone on in my life will never, ever, ever give me my power back. And unfortunately, the more I buy into the story that I need someone else to tell me if I'm doing okay, all that does is allow me to deflect my power again back to other people around me, and bury my own creativity, bury my own happiness and meaning, and then disappear again. So I push away, run off the cliff, go, 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 and then get out there, put myself out there, and the first sign of failure, the first sign of somebody going, I don't understand that painting, or what are you trying to do with that, or um, look at somebody on Instagram and realize that they're doing something way better than me, and that fucking rubber band just snaps right back, and I go looking straight away for somebody else to validate me, hold me up, tell me I'm okay, and protect me something I realized in myself uh, a few years after the original Jumping Off the Cliff where I got myself again caught up in drinking too much and uh, fucking around with worse lifestyle choices, I'd say. And I was never like a drug addict by any means. Uh, I'd say I had a problem with alcohol. I think that's probably pretty safe to say. I was never an alcoholic, I guess, but I don't know. Very unhealthy relationship with it. Um And then got into a situation where I just kind of put myself around a bunch of people who didn't understand me. I didn't know how to stand on my own two feet and have patience to find people that did relate to me and understand me on a deeper level. So I distanced myself from everybody who did care about me and spent all the time I could with people who were just getting fucked up all the time. That seemed more uh, reckless and wild and carefree and more creative than any other way. And again, all it was was me running away from the responsibility of doing something of value and instead um, just living a crazy life. That was a a methamphetamine experiment for a little while, uh, allegedly. And again, had another one of these moments where I had been awake for a couple days. I think I talked about this in the podcast. And, uh, yeah, I did. I talked about uh, this with Danny. And I just was like, fucking stop it. What are you doing? And that moment was what brought me to do Muay Thai. Was like, all right, get back inside your body. You're not taking good care of yourself, so let's go the physical route now. So I've done the weird, wacky, creative person route and trying to write poetry. I had a fucking blog at the time, and, you guys, it's like the most incessant, insane horseshit you've ever heard but i don't know if you're between the ages of 20 and 27 and you're trying to figure out who you are as a person um go, read that blog and realize that that's not who you want to be <laughs> Anytime you think like oh, i'm just a bit lost yeah just read my blog and go oh no i'm fine um <laughs> but yeah, like we all have to go through this like birthing period, I suppose, of figuring out how you are. But um, So this happened to me a little bit later on. I was like, stop it. Stop taking all these drugs. Stop fucking just deflecting your energy yet again into chaos and bullshit because you're not taking responsibility for what you really want, which is to live a valuable, creative life. I know you're scared of it, Lorna, but it doesn't mean that you can't do it. Uh, what it means is you have to actually just focus and develop some skills and not get so goddamn precious when somebody knocks you back. Um, So uh, the the way that my individual constitution decided to do that was to learn Muay Thai. (laughs) I'm very creative with my uh, deflection of creativity. So then I learned Muay Thai. I took care of myself, stopped drinking. Uh, Still smoked a bit of weed every once in a while, allegedly, um, because I love it. I always have to say allegedly because apparently... Just by admitting that you've taken drugs can convict you of a crime if it got fell into the wrong hands. Isn't that fucking ridiculous? Good thing is this podcast is entertainment and nothing I say on it is ever true. So that can be added to the testimony or whatever, you cops, if you're listening to me. So um, then so I did years of Muay Thai fighting, training, learning this skill, and that was unbelievable to start to develop an actual sense of my own self because what happens with a fight and I've talked about this a fucking million times so I won't do your head in with it but essentially the voice of doubt comes up in your head and goes you're a piece of shit you're a loser that person's way bigger way stronger you don't know how to fight you don't know how to do this you're an idiot and then there's another part of you that goes no you said you wanted to have a fight you got people that are depending on you Your trainers have committed you to this fight. They show up every single day to train you. They're putting all their time and energy into making sure that you're ready to fight. They wouldn't put you in this if you weren't ready. You got to trust them. So a little tiny danger warning signal there is that I was reliant on my trainers to tell me I was ready, but sometimes that's a good thing if you're a little bit delusional, (laughs) (laughs) and you need someone to make sure that you're ready, especially in a dangerous situation like that. Going into a fight is so critical that there are experts in the environment around you telling you that you are definitely ready to do it. Anyone can create content on social media. It doesn't mean it's fucking good, right? Anyone can jump into a ring and have a fight, but it doesn't mean that you're ready to have an actual fight. So in that world, it was a good thing. Uh, Isn't this weird, actually? I'm just realizing this now. It's like I'm kind of like going through various platforms of my own personal growth. So that you do it, you almost like have to go through these different phases of first realizing that you're miserable. It's a, it's like an addiction, man. It's the exact same thing. Like you have to admit that you have a problem first. Then you have to seek help and let other people show you how to take care of yourself better. Then once you've let other people show you how to take uh, care of yourself and that you start to instill some trust in yourself, then only then can you stand on your own two feet. Um So what happened with me was that I started training for fights and then started fighting, and I realized that there are different voices inside your head, Um, that I have a voice of doubt that up to that point in my life had been the only voice in my head. It was everything I ever knew. was, you're a piece of shit, Borna. And who knows where the fuck that came from. It's all of my childhood Developing, growing up, this and my constant reiterating it to myself. That voice was my personality inside my head. Then the other thing was this like intuition, this like sense of greater purpose, meaning, value, love, home. I think people oftentimes call it God. Um, but there's another part of me, or your higher self, I guess I should say, in the spiritual world. Um so then there's this other part of me that's like, but wait. Remember that you liked that song? Remember how good that feels? And then the voice of doubt's like, yeah, but it was probably a shit song. And you're like, nah, you can't deny that that felt fucking good. And so what uh, what happened to me when I started fighting was that, oh, wait a second. There is a voice in me that is equally as strong, if not stronger, than this shitty negative voice. And I just have to give more energy to the strong voice, to the positive one. And so when the positive one would be like, you got this, you can fight, you know you said you want to do this, you got people relying on you, I know you can do this. And then the voice of doubt would come up and be like, yeah, but you're fucking fat or whatever. Then the other voice would be like, listen to that idiot. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And so now this became the dialogue inside my head for three years, where it's like, all right, today I'm going to go for a run. No, you're not. You're too lazy. Yes, I am. Fuck you. And... I'm not saying this wasn't hard, you guys. This is not an easy fix. This And this is the thing, again, about our modern culture. It feels good to be a victim of your circumstance because you don't have to take responsibility. But what you do have to do is no one's going to run for you. If you need to get fit, you have to run. That's your job. No one was fighting for me. I had to fight. But in putting in the fucking groundwork every single day, running, training, doing it, pushing through times that I didn't feel like doing it, not listening to that bullshit voice, I developed a sense of self and strength that uh, now has, I guess, built a foundation for hopefully being a better person going forward. Um, Trouble is that we are climbing out of very deep holes it's hard. We have all had a childhood. We've all had fucking stupid things happen to us that we've taken personally and adapted as part of our ego. And uh, these habits are very deep and very strong. So you, this, I guess, unfortunately, this work never ends. It's new life circumstances will happen and you're going to come face to face with more deep shadow shit that lives inside you that is driving your behavior that you thought you'd worked on, that you thought you'd fixed, and it still comes back. But the good news is, Uh, Every time you do it, as long as you come at it with uh, the perspective of learning and growing, you can help uh, other people get through the same shit and definitely build uh, another foundation, Uh, lay a few more bricks on your own personal foundation. So me um, going through all the fight camps I went through and struggling through all of that time taught me to trust my own ability to accomplish things that are difficult. The more difficult things I did, the more the voice would tell me I couldn't do it, and the more uh, that spurred me on to prove that I could. So that was really great. But then again, as with everything good, too much of it is not good for you. You can have an occasional one-time exciting, fun dip into the world of methamphetamine, maybe once. But... When you're doing it all the time and your teeth are falling out of your head, you got to fucking stop it, right? And what was happening to me with fighting was the same thing. My relationship with fighting changed, but I kept trying to use it for the same thing I was using it for originally. But I, the person, had grown enough that that voice was loud enough inside me now suddenly that said, wait a second, remember your job? Your job is to be creative, And I've allowed you to go on this detour of Muay Thai fighting for several years because you uh, needed to learn how to stand on your own two feet and defend yourself, but it's time to get back on the fucking path. You got a job to do. And that voice got louder and louder and louder. And the more I was fighting, the more I was uh, denying my own, again, um, inner ability to do what I love. And so this is the tricky thing, uh, too, that we should be conscious of is that if you've got like a great corporate gig and you're going to do jo- your job every day and everyone in the world thinks that you're doing really well and you think, and it's great, but you feel like killing yourself, that's what's happening. You're not listening to what uh, your insides are trying to tell you. You need to be stronger inside yourself to be able to trust what you really want um, and Yeah, it's a fucking hard thing to do. And and maybe you have to go on a detour for a while and do some Muay Thai fighting to learn that you can trust yourself and then, you know, start a podcast. So that's what ended up happening to me. Then I started the podcast, stopped fighting and did the podcast for a while. Loved it. Um, I still love it. Obviously, it's one of my favorite things. But um, in doing this podcast, I also realized that there was something very significant missing. um, And that is that I can't live... A happy, contented life on the internet. There's not enough feedback loop for me to understand the kind of connection I'm making to the world. I realized very quickly uh, in making paintings on my own for six months and making this podcast that I love to paint, but I love even more having a conversation about the work that I just did and how it relates to somebody else. I love that creativity creates connection more than anything else so my brand of creativity is not probably unfortunately it's not painting because artists should be able to just sit in a room for five years and make artwork and that gives them meaning and value in their life me personally I need a feedback loop uh, and I don't think I need it for validation necessarily. It's more that I think I need this feedback loop, and maybe I do. Maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe that will I'll grow out of it. I don't know. Um, but I feel much more deeply connected to what I'm doing when I know that it's providing value and reciprocating back to me. I guess like I, like I'm building something. I'm creating something that uh, is being received. Yeah, I don't know. Um, And so that's when I started doing comedy was that I realized that uh, I need to have a little bit of adrenaline in my life because I like taking risks in safe ways. Um, Instead of punching people in the face, I can now get a bit of that adrenaline in the same way, also get feedback and see how my actions are uh, being received by the world around me and also push my creative limits as much as I can. So, Jesus, that's like a a full-blown life story about what's going on. And what recently happened to me when I stopped doing the podcast and stopped uh, being creative was I immediately sunk right back into that hole. And this is something that they talk to fighters about when we do a lot of weight cutting. The more you cut weight for fights, apparently, the harder it is to lose weight every time sequentially so if i cut weight for five fights my sixth fight will be harder to cut then my seventh fight will be harder than that one again and then my eighth one etc so it's harder to lose weight the more consistently you are constantly losing weight um and i am kind of realizing now that the more i abandon myself the faster and harder i fall so i could get away with uh you know, dragging it out for six years in, uh, into that gray, weird depression. And it slowly crept up on me until I was so miserable. I felt like dying. Then it lasted another two or three years. And then again, that same cycle happened. I've abandoned myself and I feel like dying. Then it uh, lasted for one year. I wasn't doing enough. I felt miserable, disconnected, lonely, lost, lacked meaning. And this time I didn't feel like I needed to kill myself, but I just felt not good, um, Very starting out to edge down that path of what's the point of my meaning in my life. And then this one, again, most recently was v- very intense. It was a very quick three-month drop where I thought that everything was perfect, that I could not have had um, a better experience of my own life. And then it fell hard. Because I lost sight of everything that mattered to me, um, and everything that I really cared about, and and luckily, I mean, uh, thank God, this one only happened for uh, as quick as it was, and it's so. This one was the same. Uh through whatever various things going on inside my life, I start to abandon myself. I start to give my power away. I start to stop. I stop doing the things that matter to me. Um, and I hit the bottom hard. And uh, thank fuck I have amazing people around me, wonderful people around me, and I have this very strong intuitive self that has been developed over, I mean, I guess a long period of time, and I'm very familiar with it now, that I can see the signs of this thing happening very quickly, and I can put a stop to it straight away. And um, unfortunately, like, the thing that fucking sucks about it is that uh, in me going into these cycles, it has an impact on other people around me, that I can uh, lose faith or abandon other people in my own, um, self-destruction or that, uh, I stopped doing the things that matter to me and the people that are listening to this podcast don't get to have a podcast or, uh, whatever is going on. So it is, uh, super critical and I'm learning this now and I'm only telling this to you guys, uh, in such a vehement, intense and full on way because it's so fucking close to home right now and it's so real. Um, and I, I you know, like I guess what what any of us are ever trying to do in talking about our own struggles is to avoid other people experiencing the same struggles that we have. But to be honest with you, like the only way we ever fucking learn, at least for me, is to go through the shit myself. And no one was going to be able to help me in this recent situation. Like nobody was going to stop that from happening. Uh, I was the only one that was going to do it. I needed to learn this lesson my way. And unfortunately, I feel. Um, fucking sucks that sometimes other people have to get hurt in order for me to learn a lesson about myself but I think that is unfortunately the nature of our life or now maybe I can help other people I guess uh sort of to I don't know have a, an awareness when possibly these kind of things are going on in your life um so uh, ways to do this there are are a bunch, obviously, the ones that I just talked about throughout the course of the podcast is um, training in any kind of martial arts. I could not fucking recommend this anymore. Get inside your body and learn how to uh, defend yourself. And not because I think that there's imminent danger around the corner, but when you have a sense of knowing how to control your own body and protect yourself if somebody was to harm you is an incredibly powerful thing for your psychology. It's that you know no matter what, if something does happen, most likely you're going to freeze or you're going to run or you're going to not know what to do, right? That's the that's what happens to me. It's fucked. I'm a trained fighter and it still happens to me. Um, <clears throat> but having a sense of yourself does start to build an internal sense of confidence that especially if you are struggling with self-confidence, this is one of the best fucking things you can do. I personally love Muay Thai. I've also trained Jiu-Jitsu and um, really enjoyed that as well. Jiu-Jitsu is super fun if you're not really into impact, if you don't want to get punched or kicked very much. Jiu-Jitsu is really, really fun and uh, helps you get strong. You just have to like having sweaty bodies laying all over you, which isn't for everyone. Uh, But Muay Thai is got to be i don't know it's the absolute love of my life i think it's one of the best things i've ever done having good friendships making sure that you're spending time caring about the people around you uh, is super important so that when shit does fall apart for you people can see that you're acting strange you're pulling away um and making sure that you're providing enough value to the people around you that they don't want to give up on you when you fuck up that's so important um, it's not about having people around you that make you feel good. It's that you have a mutual understanding that you're both providing value to each other in your life. And that's something, you can't get enough of it. So if you've got good people in your fucking life, make sure you reach out to them and make a connection to them because you'll need them. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm, this is harder to talk about than I thought it was. You need good food in your body? Make sure you're putting good nutrition inside your body because obviously that helps you with your mental health. Your neurons are created inside your gut if you're not feeding yourself well. Uh, It's just, it's a little bit of an act of self-harm if you think about it. If you're putting a ton of makeup on, wearing clothes that hide what your body looks like and uh, putting shitty food inside your body, these are all like very subtle ways of denying your own Uh, authenticity and beauty. And it's okay. It's okay. Just be exactly who you are as you are. Don't be too hard on yourself. I'm eating the worst food alive right now. I'm gaining heaps of weight. It's not fucking good. But um, all things in time. These are just lists of things you can do. Whichever ones work for you, Start. just try little bits of them. Good food in your body. Meditation or creativity is so, so, so good. Just giving yourself that little bit of time. If you can only do 10 minutes a day, it doesn't matter. 10 minutes is fine. Um, any kind of creativity, even if you think you're not a creative person, get a coloring book, get, I just, um, got some modeling clay and was playing with that. Like the, anything, anything you do, um, Just something silly, just to let yourself be a little bit goofy and silly sometimes is really, really good for you. Uh, Exercise, obviously, any kind of exercise, even if it's not martial arts. I like martial arts because it does both build self-confidence as well as get you fit. But any kind of exercise, just go for a walk in the morning. As hard as it is, that voice is going to be like, I can't, I'm fucking lazy. Just remember, no, cunt, that's a shit voice in your head. And I'm doing what's good for me because I fucking love myself and I care about myself. So I'm going for a walk. It could be three minutes, go for a walk, get a cup of coffee and walk home. Like that's it, doesn't matter. Take that time to yourself. And lastly, take care of your environment you're in. If you have a bedroom, if you're lucky enough to have a bedroom and a house, keep it nice, clean it up, get the fucking old socks and dirty dishes and shit out of it. Make your bed, make it a nice place for you to be inside because it feels good. What you, what environment you put yourself? Imagine if you had a dog that you loved and you never cleaned up its shit and you kept it in its in a cage with your old socks and fucking tissues and dirty dishes. That dog would be miserable. Think about that. That's who you are. Take care of yourself. It doesn't take any time at all to keep your room tidy, and this is something luckily that I am pretty good at managing. Sometimes I get busy and I stop, I forget about it, and I start to fall, let it fall apart, but. I can tell a good key indicator of my mental state is when my environment starts to look a bit haggard and fucked, I know I'm not doing enough for myself and I have to pull my shit together. So um, those are some very key, easy ways of doing it. Uh, Martial arts, maintaining good friendships, putting good food in your body, doing some kind of meditation or creative something at any given point, listening to good music, dancing, singing, whatever, doing some exercise and taking care of your environment. Um, lastly, before I go, uh, i just want to tell you about this book. It's called the artists artists way. And it's for, uh, I guess it's for creative people, but it doesn't really matter if you're not creative. Who gives a shit? You probably are if you're drawn to this podcast and are thinking about uh, how you can take better care of yourself. You probably are creative. And the general theory is that we are all creative. We are the creation of the original creation, whatever the fuck that was, the Big Bang, the universe, God, Jehovah, whatever's happened that made us be here we are these creations. So innate in us is this ability to create. I'm not going to go into too much detail. I'll talk about it probably a little bit more next week, because I've been talking heaps uh, already. And let's not have another bout of crying for no reason. Um, There was good reasons for crying, Shirley. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Yeah, so this book is, it's really cool. It's a 12-week co- course in how to get your creative self back underneath you, like reconnect to yourself. And even if you're not creative, it's still worth doing. Um, the, the things, the task that they do that I would say you could start doing today, even if you don't do this book, or you don't want to do the whole book. This is a really, really cool. And I stand by them. Uh, I think they're fucking amazing, is the morning pages which is three pages, A5, in a little like A5 journal, three pages of free-form writing every morning. As soon as you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is just write three pages. I find it fucking amazing. It's just like a great way to clear all the bullshit out of your head. It's just nonsense. Like the shit that I write, like no one should ever, ever see. It's like, oh, I don't feel like writing right now, but I'm writing now because I'm sitting here and now my foot's itchy. Oh, look outside. It's just stupid bullshit stuff but it's weird it's like a getting a chalkboard eraser just to erase your dumb thoughts off your head and it also helps you remember your dreams more which is fun because I like to write down my dreams and see what they mean to me Uh, and then the second thing is artist dates this is really cool I talked about it a little bit with that on that podcast with Danny but uh, you take yourself on a date to do whatever the fuck you feel like doing and just spend like an hour of time doing something that fun for you and you alone Um, my first week I took myself to a coffee shop and just sat there and had like an internal dialogue with myself and it was insane for sure but uh it was pretty interesting to check in with myself and realize I was like you know how we doing and my little creative self on my inside of my head was like well where the fuck have you been and I was like yeah sorry about that and the little inside myself was like "Mate, that's not fucking good enough I appreciate that you're sorry but you promised you were never going to abandon yourself ever again and then you did and look where you ended up you're not very happy are you and I was like no I'm not (laughs) sorry (laughs) and then you know we, it was like having a really tough conversation with someone you've been really mean to, and I had to sit there with myself and be like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. I've been a cunt. I've been a fucking idiot, and uh, now I'm back in action. And I love you, and I love you back, and we're okay." So uh, it was nice. Like I, th- I think it was very healing, as schizophrenic as it was. <laughs> I'm I coming across real mental in this podcast, probably. Uh, and then the next week, uh, I did. Some chalk i I got some like sidewalk chalk and drew on the sidewalk, which was really, really fun and stupid and something I haven't done since well i do, I did it recently, and it was really, really fun i am I had such a good time that I was like, "Fuck, I could spend my whole day doing this, and I remembered that moment and was like that's it that's what I want to do for my artist date so I spent i don't know how long hour and a half or something outside drawing on the sidewalk. I've put the picture of it on the posts for this podcast so you'll get to see it and then um this week. I bought some little modeling clay from a $2 shop and made some sculptures, some tiny little sculptures uh, today. And that was really, really fun. So I'm up to week three of this book. And I'll keep you posted each week as we get along. The first week was about safety, establishing a sense of safety. Uh, Second week is about establishing a sense of identity. And uh, the third week was establishing a sense of power. And next week, it's about integrity. So i'll let you know how i'm going if you're interested in having a look at this book it's called the artist way by julia cameron and uh my friend julia gave this book to me thank you very much julia uh it saved my fucking life i love it so my goodness it's more than enough out of me i was about to say you guys have been wonderful that's my new thing that i say when i leave the stage uh when I do comedy. I don't know if you guys have been wonderful. I hope you have. I, I you are you definitely. If you're still sitting here right now, you've definitely been wonderful. Thank you so fucking much for listening to me. Uh, I hope you like this kind of new idea that I'm rolling with, which is just going to be me rambling shit into the microphone. It takes a lot less time for me to do it this way. Um, I hope it still is valuable. I, In some ways, I think it's probably more valuable because it's a bit more raw, and that was the whole point of the podcast. But... um I don't know. Do let me know. If, I, if you're like, fuck, you had some good points, but you rambled for so fucking long or, Lorna, this feels so self-indulgent. It's okay. I'm on a path to creative recovery and I'm just trying shit out. All right. And you're not going to spin me off into like another bout of disappearing. Because the only thing that I know that makes me more miserable than bad reviews and people telling me I'm a shit cunt is not doing the stuff I love. And now that I know that that feels as bad as it feels, I'm back and it's okay. Nothing you can say is going to stop me from doing this podcast. You don't have to fucking listen to it if you hate it, and I'd love to hear your opinion. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Thank you. Talk to you again soon.